0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Easy Conversations, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dania. In this week's episode, I sit down with Alexander Cottle, who is the founder of The Unmasked Man. In this episode, Alexander shares his own story about what brought him to finding self-love, and changing his ways after experiencing a stroke at the age of 27. Alexander also shares some insight around the different archetypes that men can take on and how to find balance. I really hope you can get a lot out of this episode, and if at the end you could leave a review, I would truly appreciate it. All right. Well, Alexander, thanks for uh, joining the podcast. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time and uh, super grateful, uh, you know, that you were able to do this. And I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have. I think, uh, you know, I I, I love the content you put out there and uh, I love your energy. So I'm hoping the listeners can get the same. So definitely excited.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Absolutely honored to be here, brother, and uh, very excited to have a chat with you today.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so before we get into it, uh, you know, I wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to talk about, you know, kind of introduce yourself and some of the work you're doing. And I know you're kind of the the face behind the unmasked man. So maybe explain what that means. And, uh, you know, I've got some questions for you, so we'll get into that. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, my spiritual journey or or, or transformation started seven years ago. Um, It started from a a wound. I was a man in the hamster wheel, um, working very, very intensely, Um, had the job ticked in the box, had the financial security ticked in the box, the girlfriend, um, thought I had it all all kind of made, you know, I was 27 at the time, I, I was I was. I was going where society told me I needed to go, and um, I, I got burnt out. I, I ended up a culmination of too many drugs, too much alcohol, too much pressure, too much stress, too much taken on at an early age, and um, I ended up in the States, in Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, um, and I had a stroke, which was a very, very young age. To, to have that, but the body keeps the score and it tells you uh, <laughs> where or when to stop. And from there, I, I suffered with, you know, I went down the dark night of the soul, my own mental health journey, depression, suicide. And so because of my connection with that wound as a man, I started the unmasked man as a consequence, and to me, you know, when I was thinking about names and coming up with a concept that was so much bigger than just my journey and and could actually signify the journey of so many other men, it was, you know, what do I find myself doing when I'm around men? Well, I end up wearing masks. I actually end up wearing masks in a lot of a lot of situations, or did, should I say? I don't so, uh, so much now, or I hope I don't at least. Um, but uh, I ended up. Not being authentic, not being me, and not knowing how to communicate with other men, and the unmasked man came about to really unmask this bullshit persona that we can sometimes put on, Mm -hmm. um, how we relate to each other, and to really strip back these, you know, the sarcastic man, the toxic man, the I'm I I don't feel my emotions, man. The like, let's just strip it all back. Let's get to the core. Let's be Mm -hmm. human. Let's be honest, let's be authentic and let's meet another brother, another man in a space of connection, of truth, of vulnerability, of courage. And, you know, I will share my wounds, you share yours and let's openly talk about what it is to feel and what we struggle with as men.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, and I think that's... uh you know, a lot of great points you touched on there and I appreciate you sharing your own kind of what brought you to this space, you know, and we all kind of have that defining moment and I can resonate with that because I was kind of in the same boat, um, you know, checking all the boxes uh, Mm -hmm. basically what society tells you to do. And, and then at one point you don't feel real because to your point uh, you're wearing a mask. And I mean, to extend that, I feel like, you know, i f- i would wear a mask around everyone not only just around men it was family friends partners you know anyone um regardless of gender and uh i think some of the things you've touched on getting down to the core is important in order to be um just in alignment with ourselves but also being authentic with everyone else
1: mm. absolutely absolutely i i I don't know how to live unauthentically anymore. Like my body, my nervous system doesn't let me do it. You know, I, yeah. I even if I wanted to 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 go back that way or to lie or to kind of dishonor or or, or cut my own boundaries off or not not give myself that self respect, mm-hmm. it wouldn't last long enough because I know now how false it is and how there's no foundation there. It was my foundations were built on sand and I want to be as authentic and as vulnerable and as truthful as I can moving forward so it can open up uh, conversations with others to share their courage, to share their journeys and to share their experiences so we can all blossom and grow and support each other on this difficult journey called life.
0: Yeah, no, no, for sure. I appreciate that. And I think one of the things you mentioned, like when you had that incident in your life with the stroke and uh, you know you use the term the body keeps the score which i'm assuming you're referencing the book yeah uh, yeah yeah Yeah. um so what was it like to be in that space where you know you you think you've you're doing all the right things Mm. and, and then all of a sudden one day waking up that and realizing that clearly there's something that you're not doing in alignment with yourself that's why your body is kind of rejecting something
1: yeah it's frightening it's it's frightening because i was overriding my own self i wasn't listening mm-hmm. i wasn't listening to my heart i wasn't listening to my body i wasn't listening to my needs mm-hmm. i wasn't respecting my time i was a yes man i was a people pleaser i wanted everyone to like me and that gets intolerable that gets it's, it's so it's so suffocating not everyone is gonna like me and and I, I can't say yes to everyone otherwise I'll split myself into a thousand pieces and quite frankly that's what I did and I, I took on too much and I now I noticed that pattern in me still it's still there you know it's a residue it's something that can't just be shifted overnight but I, I've thankfully learned so many tools now to bring in the holistic approach of self-care, of respecting my boundaries, of, of saying no, of getting used to hearing no from others as well, mm-hmm. and to manage my, my body, my, my, uh, my physical, mental and, and spiritual well-being. Um, and I think I'm, I'm getting pretty good at it now. It feels good.
0: <laughs> no, that's amazing. So I guess, and, and one of the challenges people have, like in, in, you know, I think a lot of us struggle with it is that whole notion of being able to say no, right? Mm. Because you almost feel obligated or you don't want to hurt someone or you don't want to damage a relationship. So for people that really struggle with that boundary setting, like what are some, uh tools or tips you can share that have worked for you um and also being okay with just saying no like just getting your head around that
1: first and foremost we need to understand our self-worth because we're not gonna be able to even say no if we don't realize that we have a no within us you know that we are actually worthy of a different option so it's building that self-worth it's it's flexing that self-worth muscle and realizing that we can say no and then when we go around and about saying no to an individual it's sitting with that uncomfortable energy that that no creates because the minute it leaves your mouth and you you might get a response from someone that's not used to hearing it there is this right from for me and again I talk from my own experience the people please are suddenly like no 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 no. I didn't mean to say that you know it's it, it's like going off like a radar in my head mm-hmm. and actually I want to kind of pull back my no and and say yes and I'm so getting comfortable with sitting in the uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, and spending time I think away from society alone you know spending I know. That doesn't directly answer the question into saying no, but the more we can spend time with ourselves, the more that we can we can kind of go away for a weekend by ourselves, go on a holiday, read a book, like get used to spending time with ourselves. We we realize that we have needs that we can look after ourselves. That we are not them them being codependent, but being interdependent, and we can actually then have the courage to build and flex that muscle of setting stronger boundaries and creating our time for us, not Mm -hmm. time for everyone else.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that you mentioned in there that I want to just highlight a little bit further. So, you know, starting with what you said, being comfortable in the uncomfortable, and that's where the most growth happens when we are making ourselves comfortable in the unknown or or just stepping outside of our comfort zone that is yeah. when we grow right and then the other thing you talked about is finding that solitude and being comfortable with that as well and I think a lot of us struggle um because we don't want to be alone we don't want to be alone with our thoughts we don't want to be alone just for the sake of being alone but I think that's again where a lot of For me personally, growth happens is when I'm alone, whether it's reading a book or just challenging myself with my thoughts. Um, But it's okay to take that space for yourself because otherwise you're almost avoiding whatever you're trying to escape from, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And especially with today's availability with technology, uh, at the drop of a hat, we are able to access the entire world and access so many different channels of communication so limiting ourselves to step back and cut away from that and withdraw even more into ourselves and really have that solitude is very very difficult Mm -hmm. and but once we are there and once again we sit with that uncomfortableness which is and can be torment at first but the more we get used to it the more we sit with uncomfortable emotions let's take anxiety for instance Mm -hmm. you know i I myself suffered with anxiety for years and thankfully i met the right teachers to encourage me to sit with it and once you see anxiety through um, an experience of which it hits a crescendo and you don't you know come in with a compulsion you don't look for it's that solitude and you actually really allow the anxiety to be felt and reach its maximum. Then the next time that you experience the anxiety that's triggered from the same incident, it can't reach the same peak that it reached before. And so if we continually sit with that, you know, let's take a phobia for instance, like a a spider. Mm -hmm. If you sit with a paper spider and then you sit with a plastic spider and you sit with a real spider, if you gradually train yourself Mm -hmm. to deal with the uncomfortableness eventually you can move through it until you're just sat there with the real spider and the real thing in you on you and people might be going i could never do that in a million years but phobias are not created from birth Mm -hmm. you know and and that's that's that is the same for all the other emotions that we're feeling the traumas that we feel if we can go back if we can feel it to heal it and we can transcend it and get used to it then we can we can uh find that solitude that we're looking for
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think even in that example you gave in psychology, uh, they call it exposure therapy or, or even shaping, right? Like you kind of shape yourself to deal with it. And I mean, another analogy is like, even when you stretch or you're doing yoga, you often get into poses where you feel the pain. Yep. And you can either run from it and be like, okay, I can't do this pose. Or you breathe through it. Right. And that's kind of how I look at even anxiety or phobias where it's like, okay, it is painful or uncomfortable, but you have got to just breathe through it and, and then, you know, kind of set the stretch yourself a little bit. Right. So
1: absolutely and in those moments just like we're in the yoga class it's like right let's come back to the senses let's come back to the sounds in the room the smell the Mm -hmm. sight maybe an object a colorful object or you know using those sensory organs to basically pull you back into the present, so you can watch the anxiety as something moving through you not actually something that is you
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no for sure for sure and i i guess another thing i wanted to tap into was you know you mentioned the whole personas and that's something you you talk about quite a bit even on your page um do you mind like sharing a little bit like the different personas how they show up and and how we can as men specifically be mindful of these personas do you mean the archetypes sorry the archetypes yeah the
1: archetypes yeah yeah yeah. so um as as i got into men's work you know a huge book that that represents a lot of men's work is is Robert Moore's king warrior lover magician and for me they resonated not everybody resonates with the archetypes some people find their own way through working especially with the shadow but for me they give a roadmap they're a compass they literally I feel like I embody it now and I, I I I'm like I go this way or I go that way so um, not in accordance with Robert Moore's model, but, but similar models that the king sits in the north, the lover sits in the east, the warrior sits in the south and the magician sits in the west. So if you're sat at the center of these four archetypes, each are uh, each house within them a triangular formation where you have the, at the top of the, the triangle, that archetype in its fullness. And then at the two lower corners, as the triangle spreads out, you have the two bipolar shadow parts of that archetype of which a man fluctuates in most of the time. Mm-hmm. So once we can start to identify our shadow and shadow, what do I mean by a shadow? I mean, all of the things that the subconscious mind has suppressed. So, you know, anger, jealousy, envy, um, uh, like, being, being, uh, taking pleasure in one's uh, pain, and all these things that we say we—they're not there—and they are within mm-hmm. all of us, right? It, it, in some degree, we can start to identify the patterns in which we're acting out with other people in our life and self-sabotaging our own self. So, for instance, the let's take the king archetype, which kind of rules rules over the kingdom of the lover the warrior and the magician you have a king in his fullness and what does a king in his fullness looks like he is a man that is welcoming he allows everyone to sit at his table think King Arthur Knights of the round table you know there's no he is not higher than another man every man is equal mm-hmm. he, he wants to welcome other men into his kingdom he knows when to ask for counsel he won't just um, lead the way and become the tyrant and not listen to his people he and and this goes for the same way that we approach our mind like we don't want to push these negative thoughts away we want to bring all these emotions into consciousness and witness them and allow them all to be present within us so we don't have to suffer by fighting them anymore and the two bipolar shadow parts of of the king that play out of the tyrant on one hand which is the active shadow and then on the passive shadow is the weakling prince or the abdicated king so what do those two things mean well we all kind of know what a tyrant is a -hmm. tyrant is a bully he he's got narcissistic energy in him he wants to to put another man down and he wants to control manipulate and take power and dominate Mm -hmm. and if I said all those things, we could probably see some of them moving in inside of us, maybe, but we just don't like to admit it. So this is what exploring the shadow is all about. And then if we go over to the abdicated king or the weakling prince, well, what is he? He is the man that doesn't even want to try. He is the man that lets the tyrant dominate him. He's the man that just wants to give up and know, is the martyr and feels sorry for himself and again we can all probably relate in some capacity to that energy as well so once we know that that we have this active shadow and we have this passive shadow in us and they fluctuate from one bipolar part to the other we can see them playing out and it's like oh I'm being the weakling again here or I'm being the tyrant I'm being over dominating of a situation or a scenario right let me come back to my king in his fullness and -hmm. how do I do that well I come back to my heart I come back to my consciousness and I see these two parts of myself which have just you know inherited wounds you know and also they're, they're kind of ancestral and societal wounds that have carried along throughout generation to generation and Mm -hmm. i can see them play out and i can go i don't want to act like that anymore so i come to the top of the triangle the top of the pyramid and I, i i come back to my king in his fullness and my king in my fullness says right i see you both playing out and i i accept you both but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy into that story anymore and and so that's that's one of four archetypes explained and then you've got the the different ones so the lover is the you know the, the the addict or the impotent lover the warrior is the sadist or the masochist right so that the, the the man that is the bully or the coward yeah and then the magician is the detached manipulator or the denying innocent one so here's the here's the powerful shaman that uses his spiritual energy to manipulate others or he is the kind of person that plays dumb and doesn't actually want to show up and you know is just he he doesn't want to be there for himself and the four energies all cross over so Robert Moore does a great line where he talks about the king if uh if the warrior uh doesn't have the king to follow then he becomes a mercenary and it's just like you see suddenly how they all switch Mm -hmm. over so if, if the king isn't at his center within our own castle then the warrior just can can cause havoc and chaos on in our life, and um, it's a beautiful analogy. It can really resonate with a man, I think, because you know it's based on Carl Jung's uh, work, mm-hmm. and he he believed that um, this mythology lives within our very subconscious. So so you know we watch modern day superhero movies now which were the equivalent of Greek story tales, you know, and, and we can resonate and we love that good meets evil and we can see these characters of magician and king and warrior mm. and all play out. So it's a fascinating mix and one that I really feel helps men on their path.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I appreciate you breaking it down and it sounds really fascinating to the point where I'm inspired to now look into this. Uh, It's really cool. And I guess when you talk about the superhero movies, you know, one of the things like I've been trying to point out to even my son is like, you know, it's interesting, depending on what angle you look at the movies from, but you see the inner struggle, the superheroes all encounter, you know, And, and you see that character development and how they're able to finally get to the point where they acknowledge their own Uh, tendencies like you said where you kind of move from the shadows um, and when they finally accept that they have these shadows is when they're able to uh, counter it best and and finally achieve that you know the storybook ending
1: absolutely no one got enlightened envisaging figures of white light right again (laughs) Carl Young it's like every superhero you know let's take Star Wars for instance they you need to understand the dark side and know it's there for you to to kind of transcend it Mm-hmm. and and become a jedi and it's like this is this is beautiful like it's you're, you're so right in so many movies it's at that point where he he almost realizes his own immortality as well and 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 the the, the destruction that he could cause with his own power that he chooses not to go down that path and mm-hmm. yeah i think a man can resonate with that so much
0: mm-hmm. for sure for sure and i guess Going back to the archetypes you spelled out, like, for, and one of the things I wanted to understand a little bit more is, we, do we all experience all, a bit of all the archetypes? And how do you kind of find the right balance?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think, say, for instance, like going back to the king, the tyrant king or the, the weakling prince, there will be one that resonates with you more. But you will also uh, have a little bit of the other, and you know we're doing the warrior right now this week in our in our men's training, and so we have the sadist, and the the sadist is the man that enjoys taking uh, uh, causing pain to mm-hmm. others, right? So he is the man that that bosses people around and really dominates and and inflicts this insulting barrage of abuse on others and loves it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he is also the workaholic in the office that just drives over his own body and his emotions and the bipolar part to to that shadow is the masochist who is the doormat he allows people to walk over him and he is the man in the office that just says yes to everyone Mm -hmm. so you you have the masochist uh one day getting his boundaries crossed and exploding after years and years of denying his own emotions. And what does he do? He goes straight back to the sadist again. Mm-hmm. He becomes the sadist. So we, we are always kind of fluctuating in between these, these, these parts. And of course, one side of the pendulum then suddenly swings the other way and we see this playing out so in answer to your question yes we we are all of them in all different flavors in all different times fluctuating from minute to minute second to second mm-hmm. um, depending on how aware of our shadows we are
0: great right. and and i guess for people that do struggle with that uh because i think you know when you're not mindful like and if i were to kind of relate it back to myself i've been in those situations where i just I'm like you said, swinging back and forth Mm. and it's just, it's just so toxic because you're like, you're just trying to find or ground yourself, but you don't know how, Mm. Um, and you, you, like you said, you you feel like everyone's taking advantage of you. You're a doormat. So you respond by just overcompensating. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I think you touched on, you know, even with yourself, just setting healthy boundaries, being comfortable with saying no. Are there other things like people can do to find that balance within themselves? Like, what are some things they can do? And I know you've talked about mindfulness, but is that kind of what helped you in that space?
1: Yeah. Um, what else can people do? For for me, uh, meditation and mindfulness has been key because I've been able to observe everything, you know, from the place of of the witness you can start to see all of the shadow parts where, you're, where you are self-sabotaging, where you are allowing energy leakages to come out. Um, then we go back to the body and the physicality. Well, obviously, if we're, we're, we're sleeping right, if we're eating right, and we're looking after ourselves in the right way, then we're going to be more present and show up. And all of those things are a consequence of how much we love ourselves and how much we really care for this vehicle right that that we're driving around in and that's hard to train yourself to look after this vehicle in our young uh, you know teens and 20s the body kind of like looks after itself but even now at 34 I'm starting to notice like certain things that are slowing down and I'm like oh shit I really got to look after this beautiful thing that, that that has helped me all this this time and so yeah i think breaking it breaking it all down from the the physical to the mental and cognitive and then the the spiritual and everyone is different so different things will resonate for different people um some people will be able to sit and meditate other people will have to do active meditation some people um will find their meditation through sport or -hmm. through exercise other people will find their way through um meditation or, or or psychedelics plant plant medicines you know these these openings that you can have through ceremonial uh, aspects as well um it's not a kind of a one size fits all it's it's whatever resonates with you depending i think you know on your dosha if, you, if we're working with the ayurvedic system or or the or the chakra system in in yoga mm-hmm. or or um different uh elements you know if we're working with the the the, more like a chinese system so Mm -hmm. there's a lot that can be used
0: yeah yeah and i I think uh, another important thing you touched on is meditation can be in many different forms it doesn't always have to be uh you sitting in a dark room with your eyes closed and just you know how media or the movies make it look um it could be even while you're walking and you're meditating and i think the key thing and from my perspective uh everyone's experience could be different but from my perspective it's finding stillness in your mind and not necessarily your body right it's finding that stillness in your mind where you can just pause and look at things um, and like you said understanding what are the, the negative energies that are coming in um, or the you know the toxic energy potentially so finding that stillness in your mind and really reflecting on how can I find that balance um, and, and live in alignment?
1: Yeah. And I, I would even say it's not even the stillness of the mind. The stillness of the mind is a subsequent uh, act that happens from wherever we are shining our awareness. And if our awareness is sh- being shown onto the present moment using oh the sound or using the touch or using the smell so coming back to the now you know then as a byproduct of that the mind goes and then the silence is felt do you know mm-hmm. what i mean yes so in, instead of like trying to force the mind to be quiet which a lot of people get uh, they they trip up when they first start meditating they, they think you know i've got to stop thinking well yeah that's that's hard you know don't think of a pink elephant boom pink elephant comes up in the in the in the mind so it's like uh actually shining our consciousness on the present reduces in in yoga we'd call it vasanas or samskaras these habitual patterns of the mind yeah it slows them down Mm -hmm. and gradually you come into an awareness that maybe you're not used to um because you're not Used to living at that kind of mindful mm-hmm. life, and it feels amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and I think uh, again, like you said, like for people that are starting out with meditation, uh, it is hard because your mind is racing and you're not used to that. You know, just sitting or or just sitting, uh, being in that place of just uh, finding that stillness. So thoughts will come, and even like you know, um, I don't meditate as much as I would like, but. Uh, over time, you do get better at processing thoughts, and they still keep coming, but it's letting them pass and accepting them for what they are. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not feeling bad that, oh, I'm just thinking about things. Now I can't meditate. It's, it's sticking with it, right? And processing those thoughts.
1: Yeah. And the the deeper you go into meditation, the more you're going to unearth as well and 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 that you know can sound scary at first but actually it's it's really quite beautiful like um i i remember meditating uh quite deeply uh, last year and there was a moment where i really i really like got a strong uh not a voice in my head but a strong vasana like a, of old that was very negative it was a it was a deep one and it said i hate you know it was this thought like i i hate you and it always touched the surface layer it always been around but i started to get to the core of it and and once i started to realize that there was a part of me that hated myself then i can bring it into the light and i can really transcend it and i knew it was always there but i was maybe like i say not touching the root and the deeper you go you can start to really de-weed your garden and mm-hmm. and and see the core of this wound of this lack of self-love or lack of trust or lack of belief in yourself and you can transcend these limiting beliefs then you can change your life quite simply and that will be uh, uh, your body will change as a consequence it will be the catalyst to change your body as well because we are living organisms and every cell in our body is alive and responds to our awareness
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's yeah and I think that's important to touch on that this whole idea of the hate that comes in, you know, whether it's a thought or through our actions. And I think a lot of us experience it because we tend to do things that are harmful to us, whether it's our minds or even our bodies. Um, Do you mind touching on that a little bit more in terms of, you know, when you started getting to the root, what were some of the things you were able to find and kind of navigate through it?
1: um i think for me it was like addiction self-worth um like i would sabotage um uh, i i i had strong um uh energies about i wasn't worthy of receiving so when we say receiving we think oh like maybe that's money well yeah that's that's one thing that's how it will show up in your life but actually receiving everything from receiving a gift of a friend re- receiving pleasure from your lover like if you can't receive then you're you're going to close off the availability of abundance in your life which is everywhere so you're going to see the life your life through these spectacles of like i'm not worthy and that, of course, is coming from this lack of self-love, this lack of self-respect. So, as I dug deeper and deeper and deeper, I started to see like it was almost like a cancer in every area, in every thought process, in every byproduct of my life. And the more I could de-weed and pull out, it wasn't just oh, let's look at money issues, or let's look at sex issues, or let's look at um, you know receiving a compliment. It was it was like let's look at all of this as a big, broader scale and and how do I do that I do that through spending time with myself and and again coming back to what we said earlier like loving myself taking that time the same way that I would treat my best friend or my partner treating my body or myself like that and it's a muscle and it's hard and you have to flex it every day and you know I go I go and run a bath now and I'm like instead of just running a bath I'm like I'm worthy of bubble bath you know I'm worthy of a of a candle or a you know, you know like some incense right because i'd yeah. do that for my girlfriend if she was if i was going to run her a bath but for me i'd be like oh, i'll just put some water in you know and and like these little examples are quite funny you know same with like m- dinner that i i cook you know if i was to cook a meal for a friend they'd come over I'd i'd cook them a beautiful meal and if it was me i'd just throw some some toast on and you know off i go and it's like no slowing it down looking after myself being kind and respecting and yeah it's it's a long hard process and one I'm still learning as i'm sure you are but um hmm. it can and will change your life
0: yeah no i i that was amazing how you explained it and thank you for sharing that i think it's important because you know we all kind of struggle with it in different ways and and like you said, it is a lot of hard work, but it's needed, right? You can choose to stay where you are and just, just, you know, like you said, your body keeps the score, it's going to show up, or you can do the hard work. And like you said, it's, it's, it's like going to the gym and doing weights. You're not going to see the results right away, um, but over time you will.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and I, i the even how far that i've come like i i felt like i knew so much arriving back in england last march you know after living i was out in thailand for two years i was really enjoying my life out there i was around a spiritual community lived in my my flip-flops was coaching people around the world it, you know i thought i got it made it was like all, all gravy and then uh, kept coming back and having to face the uncertainty of the last year, as we all have mm-hmm. the struggles, the the closing down of the, the human emotional heart that we've, you know, there's a lot of fear currently around and, you know, to not allow that to enter your nervous system is uh, a minefield and you really have to keep your energy higher than ever right now to protect yourself. And it's been a huge learning curve. So whenever you think you are, (laughs) or you've got to a stage where you're like, ah, you know, I'm pretty good. I know quite a lot. And it's like, nope, I'm just going to throw a huge bag of new, new idea. I had a, like last year, I had an eye injury from a surf accident, which I nearly went blind. And that, that taught me so much about, you know, internally seeing even more through meditation and not looking through my actual eyes and seeing Mm -hmm. the world from a whole perspective. So I think life just always brings you these challenges and these, these obstacles, and it's how we respond to them, right? It's how mm-hmm. we can use our tools from our toolbox to, to uh, get through and to stay um, lighter and not let ourselves go into a spiral.
0: Yeah, you Noah, know, I couldn't agree more. And I think recognizing that you may not have all the tools at, at some point either... And and trying to understand how can you acquire those tools and you know like for a lot of people meditation is not a tool they have in their toolbox so it's trying to figure it out and and working through it right whether uh, even with yoga not everyone's comfortable doing it or or being in that vulnerable space around other people Mm -hmm. Um, so again like we covered I feel like we've come full circle here but that's where the most growth happens is stepping out of that comfort zone.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I think, you know, in relating this back to men's work is like as growing up, I found myself feeling more comfortable around women. And, you know, I got brought up by a sister and my mother, I would hang out with men in playing football or or soccer. Uh, And then I would go home and it would always be very light hearted and not, uh, not, not really like there wasn't a true connection there and as i got older i really craved a deep connection with men Mm -hmm. and going into the uncomfortable of like asking a man like hey do you want to go out like for a a walk is you know that's quite a big deal for guys (laughs) they're like oh my god like i can't ask another dude out you know it's 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 just like and 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 feeling the uncomfortableness that comes with that you know and yeah all the fears that come I'm not I'm not homosexual and all of this and and which is you know it's absolutely fine if you are but you know but but it's such a deep fear in men to 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 show affection to show love for another another man I have a a a a friend of mine that he still struggles to say I love you to another man you know he he says things like you know you'll go, you'll go well, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll go far. You will, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're a good guy, you know, and it's just like yeah. these blockages and, and we, we crave and we need male connection as men. It's so important. We can't get everything we need from the female, the same mm-hmm. as the female can't get everything they need from the male. We mm-hmm. need to, to hang out. If you're, a, if you're a, a woman with your sisters and if you're a man with your brothers, like you, you need that in your life and you need to sit with the uncomfortableness of hanging out in those groups and what it triggers in you. And, you know, I always encourage very feminine men in my men's work to go and hang out with very masculine men and mm-hmm. encourage uh, very masculine men to go and hang out with very feminine men and, and, and see what that triggers in them. Cause it will bring up a whole load of shadow yeah. <laughs> that they weren't aware of.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I, yeah, I mean, that's very important and finding that brotherhood, is is also essential right now, where again, where men are trying to be more aware and feeling vulnerable. I think it comes with uh, building that brotherhood and being comfortable with each other. So you know, I I'm glad you shared that, and you know, we've got a connection here, right? So absolutely, for <laughs> <it's> sure. <great. laughs> I got a new yeah. friend the other side of the world. I love yeah. it. It's good. You know it's amazing. And you know, uh, again, I want to thank you for coming on here sharing your story, uh, you know, sharing some of the work you're doing, it's amazing. And I love the energy you have. Like I said, it's it's really positive, it's contagious. Um, and I can just feel it on my end too. So um, I know you're doing a lot of work in this space. So for people that want to find you or get a hold of you, what's the best way um, through social media, through the group work you're doing? Like, what are some of the things people can do to find you?
1: Um, so my main uh, transformational website is Alexander Cottle, so alexander and then dot com, and you can find all my offerings there from retreats to circles to mixed circles men's work uh, meditation etc and coaching and then um, my big passion uh, is a global wide, wider project which is uniting brothers all around the world which is the unmasked man and uh, you can find us at www.theunmaskman.co.uk and um, yeah just deeply passionate now about bringing men together and to shed the layers shed the masks and be seen in in truth
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you've obviously for you and i we connected on instagram so you're also a uh, social media presence and yeah. yeah
1: yeah alexander underscore cottle is my um uh, my main account. And then my unmasked man account is the dot unmasked man. Yeah. You can find me there.
0: Thanks. And any last words uh, again, you know, I, I know you shared a lot, but anything you want to get out there for, for all the brothers out there that are struggling right now, whether it's pandemic related or, or, you know, even with the pandemic, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, men are struggling with, whether it's putting food on the table uh just being able to ask for help all that kind of stuff like what would you like to say to our brothers out there
1: i would say that you're not alone that um also to to be kind be kind to yourself during this period depression seven years on is something that um i believe will never go away It, it it comes back uh in a little little uh sections or segments in my life still but it's how I respond to them it's it's the tools in the toolbox again and it's facing them and you know I always um, want men to understand that there's men out there that are changing the face of what it is to be a man and that if they find the right group they can they can really go on an absolutely incredible journey to discover themselves and I just encourage them if they're having this nervousness to reach out or to approach or to explore, especially the spiritual side or the esoteric side, or, you know, that there's gold to be found there and to, 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 to make that jump because, um, yeah, it will change your life. I believe for the better.
0: No, that's beautiful. Thank you again. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming on here and, and having this conversation.
1: Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I have a new friend in Canada. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, that's the end of the episode. Thank you again for tuning in and uh, showing your support until next week.